that's a great way to start, isn't it? Steve Vines, good morning. <laughs> it's just got that little bit dimmer. Future's so bright. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Tell you what, since I woke up this morning until now, flicking through good old Facebook, the barometer of all things Hong Kong, I've seen the word disgraceful used seven times. Um, um, right, so we're not... Yes, we're talking about Eddie Ng, aren't we? Uh, yes, we are. Yes, and it's not just about his brush-over hairstyle. Oh, OK. Forget the shall we, shall we, stuff. Shall we, <laughs> shall we get to the heart of the matter? Never trust a man who who, who um, conceals his bald patch with a brush-over. I just say that. It's no prejudice, <laughs> and if anybody's upset, um, well, tough. Get a haircut. <laughs> get a haircut, exactly. No, but seriously, um, it, it is really interesting... You you had this true-pronged, um, completely spontaneous and uncoordinated um, event yesterday, where on the one hand you had the silent majority, and you know what I always think about silent majorities, why on earth don't they... Well, how do we know they're a majority of this? <laughs> yes, I know. Um, so you had the silent majority organisation, a.k.a. Um, let's not have democracy in Hong Kong, mm -hmm. and then you had Eddie Ng, um, the great thinker, philosopher, and education secretary who says i mean this you got to i mean for people who who have lost faith in the word irony you you've got to love this man he says he's very worried that teachers in schools are going to you know maybe coerce the children or, or persuade the children Arrange into one coaches. way one way of thinking to support the occupy central campaign now wait a minute one way of thinking coerce children is this the same Edding, just correct me if I'm wrong, Go on. who wanted to introduce national education so that all children would think one way about matters relating to the country? We might as well stop right here and now, that's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you, you've got to love the man. Anyway, so, but they've kind of, they're, they're getting more and more agitated about Occupy Central. For sure. Because, and, and this I blame Occupy Central for, because Occupy Central has given them a perfect excuse not to actually talk about the underlying issue, which is constitutional reform. Mm. Because they know that the majority of people in Hong Kong do not support the present system of government. There's people in government who don't, um, don't support the present system of government. So all that they can cling on to is this, oh, my God, chaos is going to erupt. It's going to be illegal. All these terrible things will happen if people protesting against a rigged election system occupy central and now as they always do people who don't have an argument they say well you know you've dragged me into this because i'm worried about the kiddies yeah i know i'm really worried about the kiddies it's it's all about the children children instead have you ever heard children are our future apparently you heard it here first they are the world they are the world yes i'll tell you what though steve serious point i heard a very well known and very well respected china scholar <coughs> fellow that knows his stuff a few days ago saying he really thinks that it will kick off on July the 1st. And he wasn't just being... Well, it is entirely possible, because if you see the real and ugly face mm. of what the government intends to do, and to be fair, it's not the government, they're only following orders from Beijing, so what Beijing intends to do, I mean, you can't, you can't accuse anybody in the government of actually making their own decisions on this. That's, that's, that's an outrageous suggestion. But, I mean, what they are intending to do is really quite blatantly say you can have universal suffrage as long as we pick the candidates yep. full stop yep so you know anybody who had any strange illusion that those promises given in the joint direction uh, joint 
yeah, declaration <laughs> and given in the basic law about the introduction of democracy in Hong Kong, they can go and whistle. Well, that's the plan. Now, like all the best laid plans of mice and men, and in this case we're mainly talking about mice, um, it may not come to fruition. And one of the ways it may not come to fruition is if there is a mass uprising in Hong Kong. My own view is Occupy Central isn't the way to do it. But anyway... Well, it isn't anything yet. I mean, t- like well, I said, it's on the table. It's, it's on the table. It's a plan a, on a piece it, of paper. It's a plan on a piece of paper. And it's a plan that seems to be slightly unravelling. But nevertheless, it's there. There's lots of other plans on the table as well, but they're not very coherent. In fact, if I was a member of the anti-democratic bloc, as I believe the pro-establishment camp prefer not to call themselves, I would be rejoicing. I would give my prayers to whoever those people pray to every day when they look around at the opposition, which is so disjointed, so incapable of mobilising the inherent strength that it has and instead focuses on division rather than on unity. I mean, it's easy to say these things, but these are the facts. These are the blunt facts. Mm. And uh, as I say, if I was one of those people, weak case to argue... Not much popular support. Phew, thank God our opposition are so so divided and so pathetic at organising things. I'll tell you why this guy might be right, and this is very logical. It's not about universal suffrage necessarily, but there'll be thousands of people, if, 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 with different beefs. Now, let's try and list them. I mean, there's this crazy stuff kicking off about mainland tourists and mainlanders. Uh, there's, there's this new stuff... Um, what else would you put on this list? The things well, that are really I, I tell people, you, right? I mean, at the, lurking at the back of that, and it's also to do with the mainlanders, is is a feeling that Hong Kong's identity is, is being whittled away. And people are proud of living in this place, and so they should be. People don't want to be part of an amorphous mass, which is the Chinese uh, mainland. You know, they, they, they thought they were being offered something which was... Um, which actually sounded pretty okay to me. You know, mm. you're part of this big country, but you will be allowed to rest- retain your distinctiveness. That seems to be eroded. And behind all of that, and I think this is something which will increasingly come to the surface, is this enormous resentment about the vast, vast wealth gap that we have here, this feeling that all the people who are at the top of the tree are there because they're all cronies, they're all part of the same gang that that doesn't like democracy, doesn't like competition. You know, this is supposed to be the world's freest economy, but boy, you go out and try and buy a loaf of bread that isn't made by one of the monopoly companies and you're in trouble. Yesterday on Backchat they were talking about rumours of Lee Ka-shing upping and offing. Would Would that make much of a difference? Well, uh, obviously, psychologically, he is one of he is one of the biggest players in but the Hong Kong economy. Well, you know, I, I, it's funny you should say that because I, I was just reading a, a, somebody had written a letter to I can't remember which paper. I'm sorry, but anyway, had written a letter saying, "Well, you know, we only want Lee Kashing to go if he'll promise to take away Park and Rob and all I the know, other that's what all the other shops that he owns, and maybe we can have some real competition in the retail sector." So, I mean, you know, it, it, the, I'm not saying that he is threatening to leave because actually his public statements are that he's thinking of nothing of the kind. But there will be a lot of people here who will say, well, you know, and if some of those big cats decide that they want to go and prowl somewhere else, let them. But, of course, they won't because they don't have the unique advantages they have from being in Hong Kong. Mm. I mean, Li ka may say, oh, well, he has a lot of investment in Britain, for example. Oh, mm, I'm going to pick up my, you know, pick up my bag and I'm going to plant it down in London. And he'll arrive in London and they go, sorry, what's your name again? 
nobody says that to Lee Ka-shing in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, nobody, you, you know, nobody in Hong Kong is in any doubt of his status, his importance, his position. But he'll just be, you know, he'll have to stand in line behind those Russian tycoons if he goes to London. Well, the th- and he's, I don't think he's a man who likes standing in line behind anybody <laughs> so at all. Too. I mean, I, you know, it's not about him as a person. It's about, it's about the timing, I think. It you is. know, and this adds to our list. It does. So you've got you've got you've got you've got people who are resentful about the erosion of Hong Kong's identity. There are people who are who are very upset about uh, um, the erosion of liberty. I mean, these aren't airy fairy things. They no, have no, no, a no. practical um, consequence. And you know, the big biggie in the room is people feel that that you know the average Joe feels they'll never be able to own a property here because the prices are so high. And that's because the market are rigged. The average Joe here feels that every time they go out to a shop, they're being ripped off because the market is rigged. The average Joe feels that when he sends his or her child to school, unless they've got a lot of money, they will go to the second-class school. So the equality of education doesn't exist. So at every level, people are going, so I'm much to really, about. really unhappy about this. Yeah. You know, the idea that you could cross the border... With, with, you know, $2 in your pocket and become a billionaire within your lifetime, you know, not, not within the lifetime of several generations of your family, that's kind of gone. People don't anymore feel that however clever they are, however hardworking they are, they'll be able to make it because the cards are so heavily stacked against them. And I don't think that what they feel is an illusion. I think that's a reflection of reality. And that, well, people being told all the time you're imagining this. Yes. And, and, well, by, and by the way, there's been a lot of finger-waving this week. We just mentioned that. The other one was, well, if you, if you silly people in LegCo don't stop talking too much, the public will pay. Yeah, well, this is... This is, this is I've the, said this to you the, loads of times. This is the old game that they play every time. The government... I, I mean, actually, it's, it's outrageous, you know. The government presents a budget, which is, in fact, a piece of legislation. Can right. we not forget this? Okay. And guess where they present it? Oh, that's right. They present it to the legislature whose job it is to scrutinise legislation. And they basically say, here's our plan, take it or leave it, there can be no amendment to it because we happen to be perfect. And, and you know, who am I to say the government isn't perfect? That's obviously what everybody else thinks. <clears throat> or, take it or leave it, or you will pay. You will be responsible for all sorts of terrible things that will happen, you know. Uh, we, we, we've yet to hear, but I guarantee you it's only moments away. Oh, think of the kiddies. <laughs> think of the way that your actions, your irresponsible actions in Nechco are affecting but the kiddies. That, that has been used several times before. It has been used. That's why I'm so confident it's going to be used again. They haven't gone on, on to that now. They're now talking about rubbish collection, I think, as being the thing that's going well, to suffer. There's the, see, there's, there are these micro... Well, not micro to the people concerned, but all these little issues are building up and up and yeah. up. And Steve... July the 1st is really just around the corner. Well, July the 1st is around the corner. I don't know whether it will. Uh, um, I, I hasten to say, incidentally, just, just as a matter of information, that, that this is not the deadline that Occupy Central's um, itself has stated as the time at which it may or may not take action. It's Funnily enough, it's all the pro-government people who are... So they've <laughs> given them a window. Trying July the 1st, that would be a good day for this. At the very least, it's going to be a very chaotic day, because think of all the official stuff that goes well, there, on. There'll be a lot of demonstrations. 5 everywhere. Well, not only that, but remember, this year is also a big anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre. So June the 4th will be a very big day. 
It's well, only a couple of weeks away. That's something else. Have you seen the reports that they're really massing the troops and really sort of getting... Uh, There's a lot of twitchiness, but it's the 25th anniversary. Understandably, that's something that focuses people's attention. Yeah, you bet. Inexcusably, I have to add, inexcusably and shamelessly, Wong Yuk Man and a few other idiots have decided that, that they don't like the fact that there's this enormous unified demonstration of Hong Kong people. They want to get their own little rival one going in Chim Sa Choi. Those people should rot in hell, as far as I'm concerned. You don't know, on the fence, on I don't want to be, you know, accused of being mealy mouthed over this, but really, you know, this is a great opportunity for a united front of Hong Kong people to commemorate what happened. And they say, we're going to make our own little show. So 11, still in with Steve Vines. Got a comment here on our Morning Brew Facebook page, Steve, talking about some stuff you were on about before the news from Douglas. He says, Ray Wong, Yukman and the TST demo, it's almost as if he's in Beijing's pocket, sowing seeds of disunity, he says, everywhere among the pro-Democrats. I suppose you could think that. Well, you certainly could. I mean, he's talking about what, what we were talking about um, before the break, which is this so-called rival um, June 4th commemoration demonstration. Fill us in about that, would you? Well, I, 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 I mean, he is, he's, he's scraping the bottom of the barrel. He, Wong Yuk Man, is scraping the bottom of the barrel to find a reason why he's got to have his own little show to take away uh, the numbers and the, you know, the focus of people's unity from the Victoria Park demonstration. Mm -hmm. He says, oh, well, um, um, oh, dear, um, um, the reason is... Um, uh, oh, think of reason. Yeah, oh, yeah, the reason is that they're not focusing enough on, on how this affects Hong Kong. I'm thinking... It has become a bit like various... You know, it's well, just it's a thing become, to do, isn't it's it? Become, um, it's become a ritual, but I don't think it's any less uh, moving or significant because of that. I mean, what people are basically saying when they come in their tens of thousands and in their hundreds of thousands sometimes is, we will not forget what happened on June the 4th, 1989. Do you see this being big? I think that because it's the 25th anniversary, it will be uh, very big indeed. And although, as people who've gone to this before will know, because of the time of year that it's held, mm. it's often extremely bad weather. Mm. But that mm. never seems to deter people. It's most extraordinary. I mean, <clears throat> I've been standing there in Victoria Park um, learning a new definition of wet because it's just so, so True, heavy actually. rain. But people just stand there. And, and you know, you may say, oh, well, you know, they're not doing original things. But to me, what is remarkable is that, that even though we are now 25 years away from the massacre... It's incredible, isn't or, it? Or, or the event, as we're supposed to call it in Hong Kong, because you must never call anything by its proper name. But I call it the massacre because that's, objectively speaking, what happened. We're, we're 25 years on from that, and people are saying... Don't for one moment think we're going to forget this. Don't think that, that you've got away with this and you can rewrite the history books to pretend that it was an event or something that didn't really matter or it didn't happen. It was an enormous mm. event in Chinese history. That's the correct use of that word there. And it, and it had momentous political repercussions. I mean, not only was the leadership of the Communist Party reshuffled. Mm -hmm. That alone would have been pretty significant. But, I mean, it, it did mark the point at which the lingering illusions that people had that the reform movement, which had existed on the economic front, would, would somehow creep into the political and social sphere. 
civic sphere, if you like. It, you know, I mean, that illusion was put to rest on a single day. Yeah. And there are still lots of personal gaping wounds as well, mothers, for instance. There are mothers who, are, who, are, who want recognition uh, that their, their children were murdered. There are people, of course, we, we, we tend to forget this, but there, there were people who weren't killed but served very, very long sentences. Not everybody who... Um, I don't know whether I'm right about this, but I think there are some people still in jail oh, you from from the um, from the June Fourth movement. I mean, they had enormously long prison sentences imposed on them. I mean, in in most countries, a life sentence usually means serving about ten years. Right. In China, it could mean serving twenty years and more. So, I mean, this is, and of course. There are people who've been arrested since then. There are people being arrested today for, um, like, journalists being arrested today on the mainland for, for talking about these, these events of 25 years ago. And let's not forget the build-up to it. You can follow this on Wikipedia. It'll say, you know, May the whatever, this happened in 1989. So mm. the whole build-up to it. I mean, mm. last week there was a big... It was the uh, anniversary of students massing and big hunger strike. And I wonder yes. how many people were nicked in the, in the build-up well, to this. Well, that, I, I think that was the extraordinary thing. It's not that many, actually. Really? It all came after the crackdown. So you had the Declaration of Martial Law, which, if my memory serves me right happened roughly a month before the, the, the crackdown on June the 4th. It was certainly in May. And um, during that time, um, it was a kind of phony war because the army was mobilised. Obviously, if you declare martial law, you mobilise your troops. Um, there was a sort of standoff. But nobody, to the best of my knowledge, was arrested at that time. Well, nobody, it's hard to say in a country as big as China, but, but, but certainly no leaders of the movement were arrested at that time. Yeah, yeah. Then you had the fallout, you had the people who were killed, the people who were arrested, the people who tried to escape, the people who did escape. I mean, enormous sort of follow-on from that, which is still with us. I mean, a lot of those people are still trying to get back into the country. People like Wan Dang. Who, who went to the United States, is now living in Taiwan, has always said that his aim in life is not to be an exile in, in, in you know, in Taiwan. Uh, Wu Kaishi, who's tried to get back into China I, at least two or three times, to the best of my knowledge. These were all student leaders at the time. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, people who weren't even born then. Because, of course, now you've got people who are adults who... who, who who, who've grown up since this, and they news of this is suddenly, not suddenly, but but slowly trickling down to various parts of China. They're saying, you know, did this really happen before we were born? Well, good old social media. I think <coughs> it's, it's more than trickling. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, or you may say fortunately, because people shouldn't be so obsessed with these things. But unfortunately, in my view, it the, the control that China has over the internet is more. Well, I think it's more impressive than a lot of people give them credit for. Well, to flip that one on its head, I mean, more people can... What do they call it? The Great Chinese Firewall. Yes. More people can get through that than... You can, but you have to want to. That's the point. I mean, in, in if you live in Hong Kong, we don't know how long this will carry on, but at the moment, if you live in Hong Kong, you can type June 4th into your search... Oh, yeah. Um, ...engine, whichever one you're using, 
and you know what will come up. You type it into that in 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 on the mainland. You may well get a weather forecast. But as you say, you can breach the Great Wall, the Great Firewall of China. Mm-hmm. But but you know you have to want to you have to actively want to do it. And I don't know how many particularly yeah, the younger generation people, you know, they're are pretty doing. switched on. Well, they can do it. I mean, but but I I suspect that they're probably searching for things other than. June the 4th um, history and information. Oh, yeah, there is other stuff on the internet. Just a, a PS here from Douglas on our Facebook page again. He says, and don't forget the disarray of the League of Democrats, uh, League of Social Democrats and People Power have wrecked in the uh, Occupied Central Movement. <coughs> so he's basically saying, whose side are they on? Well, I, I really agree with him on this. Because I don't know, to be this honest. Is, this is a crucial moment for Hong Kong. I mean, this is... The stakes are as high as they could be. This is the moment at which Hong Kong stands on the precipice of realising the dream of universal suffrage or not. And these people, and I say these people in disparaging terms without any hesitation, are so busy pursuing whatever balmy agenda they have of their own that they fail to see the big picture. And the big picture is that if people seriously want to achieve universal suffrage in Hong Kong, it can only be done by unity and that will involve compromises it may be a dirty word to some of those people but that is the reality but what about compromise isn't a bad per se isn't a bad thing it means that you strive for a common goal and you understand that in order to achieve that goal you have to talk to other people and bring them on board and that means compromise to me that's not a dirty way of doing things that's that's a sensible way of doing things. Let's look at this from a slightly different angle. Um, everybody's got their opinion, but on this topic, they're very <coughs> divided. Now, I'd like to take a big, big bet that if some serious trouble went down, Lone Kok Hung would be out the front with his hand up. Oh, he, he wouldn't be at the dentist that day. No, no, I'm sure he would. But, but you know, it, it, I think we've gone beyond the stage where it's, good in, where it's sufficient, should I say, rather than good enough, where it's sufficient to merely say, I will be at the front of a demonstration, I will be the bloke who will be arrested, I will be the martyr but, but for the I'm cause. I'm thinking money where your mouth is. No, no, I, I, I don't doubt his sin- sincerity, but I do doubt his tactical st- sense. All right, fair enough, yeah. And I think his tactical sense is that of a small p. And, you know, small peas aren't notorious for having achieved anything other than being eaten. It's absolutely true. Richard writes in, he says, try in Google and it lists historical events on that day in history. There is no mention of Tiananmen. I'm assuming, Richard, that's here. Because that shouldn't that's be the case. Weird, remember, remember all that trouble Google got into for yes, sanitising? That, that, that is quite weird, actually, because I've quite recently been looking... I, I don't know if do I was using Google, but I was certainly using some search engine and, and what I expected it came up came up, so to speak. I mean, I don't believe that the internet's been tampered with here yet. I don't... I Honestly, I mean, I use it all the time, so I, I, I haven't had that experience. Maybe other people have. All right, well, I'll do it as we're talking. So, yeah. basically, uh, to sort of summarise what we've been talking about today, it was very interesting. I mean, I wasn't blagging. I, I, I did hear somebody very well-respected <coughs> say that he's very worried that it will actually amount to something on, on July the 1st. I, I think... There's many currents swirling around in Hong Kong at the moment, and we talked, we, we touched briefly on one of them, which is this um, movement that's developing of resentment against mainlanders visiting here. There's the there's obviously the pro democracy movement. There are movements for all sorts of things. I mean, you know, in in Lejko the other day, it was disrupt- disrupted by residents of Jiangkwano protesting about the landfill Old in fellas. a rather more mm aggressive and if you may say violent way 
than previous protests. So all I'm saying is the political heat is rising and the government's answer to the rising political heat is not to conduct a serious dialogue mm. with its opponents but to say, you know, let's join hands and make radio commercials. <laughs>